So reflecting on Dhamma, the Buddha is the knower of the way it is. And uh, the Sangha is the practicing or cultivating the path, the Eightfold Path. And uh, this Eightfold Path, remember, is not just uh, eight uh, steps or uh, it's not the, the words itself, it's based on this samaditi. And that's why emphasis on this unborn, uncreated uh, during this uh, winter's retreat, so that you're operating from samaditi rather than from uh, ignorance or from the self-view. So, the, you know, to, to cultivate the path is the aim of this life, say the samana life. That's its whole purpose, it's raison d'etre, why we're here, at least that's why, what, you know, what I encourage you to, to do. So, uh, Eightfold Path, Samaditi, is not that, as long as you're determined to operate from the Sakaya Ditti, then, you know, that's your choice in life. <coughs> and you'll pay the result of that choice. <coughs> so, the, the, the kind of clarity of the Buddhist teachings, this basic teaching for noble truths, is, uh, is, uh, to me, it all resolves around this, this un, there is the unborn, uncreated, unformed, unconditioned. So that's the statement, the words. Uh, it's the Bharyati Dhamma, taken from the Udana, the Pali Canon, the suttas. But then, just memorizing ati bhikkhu ajat dang aputang akatang sankadang is not the answer. So it's not about grasping the bariyati dhamma, but the bariyati bati bat bati wait. So notice these three Pali terms. Bariyati dhamma is a scriptural teaching. And then the bhati bhati, bhati bhati is a practice. And then bhati weight is the insight and result of the practice. So in terms of this, there is the unborn, unconditioned, this uh, as I've said before, it's not a belief, but a reminder. And then this, to me, I, I don't know, people, I'm surprised at uh, how people uh, fail to appreciate this. <laughs> but uh, to me, this is a statement or a statement of fact in which then it reminds me of this, 
this mindfulness, path to the deathless. And the inquiry in the, the, the unborn, uncreated, unformed, unconditioned. So it's not about beginning and ending. It's not about something that's absent now that will become, that I'll, I'll get in the future. It's just awakening to it. So it's like the, the simple, the simplicity of awakening. And so this Buddha, this word Buddha or Bhutto is, is the awakened consciousness of an individual. That means you, you know, it's, it's the awakened state. It's not about Ajahn Sumato or any person. But as long as you're determined to to limit yourself to the conditioned realm and see yourself always from the personal level, identity and operating from the personal, then that that perspective will, you'll just go around in the circles of the conditioned realm. Because <clears throat> the personal or the conditioned is, is cannot recognize the unconditioned. So that's why when you as a person try to, you know, figure out what I'm saying, what is the unconditioned, analyze it, uh, doubt it, whatever, then of course you're, you're operating from the conditioned, trying to figure out what the unconditioned is. And so that's why it's a, the, this emphasis on it's an imminent awakened state. It's nothing, nothing much. It's not like a, you know, some, something that is difficult or you can't do. It's just a matter of doing it. And you say, how do you do it? <laughs> how do you wake up, Ajahn Sumedho? <laughs> how can I be mindful? Then recognize also that that samadhi or concentration is what we're programmed to do. We can do that from the sakyaditi level. Concentrate on things. So like modern education, if you can't concentrate, you can't learn anything on the conditioned realm. You need to put your attention onto something and sustain it. So one can develop samadhi uh, from the, because it's, it's, it's uh, you know, refining conditioned experience. But the, with uh, the unconditioned, it's not about uh, focusing on an object or refining uh, the conditions that you, you know, trying to create more refined conditioned experience, but recognizing, realizing. Like the, when you go forth, the bhapacca, upasampada, that that is a formal commitment to go forth then is is the is going out of the you know not no longer lingering in the conditioned realm 
and seeking uh, happiness and self-fulfillment in the in the world. So strive on with diligence, uh, we say, and nibbana is our goal. I mean, it's <coughs> these are these are formal procedures when you when you uh, ordain. But then it can be very personal, like I'm becoming a monk or I'm becoming a nun or, you know, it's like, it's, it's uh, the inevitability of the condition of our karma is to grasp it on a personal level. So, so then it bec- then we become samanas, we become uh, monks or nuns. Bhikkhus, Siladharas, Samaneras, Anagarikas. And so that's just, you know, personal, that's one condition changing, changing uh, to another condition. Which is not to be despised because it is, you know, it's a commitment at least to a, a to uh, Relinquishment. So I'm not, uh, you know, de- uh, vilifying it, but pointing to, you know, the whole, the aim of the holy life, the, you know, this, the aim of what we're doing, is not for personal uh, development and personal achievement and attainment, but for liberation. And this, this is, of course, to be to remind yourself every day of this. That what, what are you here for? You know, for worldly causes or for personal advancement. We can we can believe that we actually are here for for liberation. Maybe that's our altruistic ego operating. But the point is, is that even don't trust that, even your altruism, but to actually, you know, it's it's an invitation to awaken here and now, not about living this life in order to get something from it. This is merely an expedient vehicle for awareness, not for identity. Now the conditioned realm is. Uh, you know, it's the body, and we have to live, you know, we have to bear with our physical bodies and our karma, uh, you know, as individual human beings. And then the society and the world that we live in, full of urgent matters, ideas, views and opinions, pressures, just the aging process, uh, sickness, uh, physical disability, emotional traumas, the whole lot is uh, affecting us. You know, we, in, in one's lifetime, one is going to experience all kinds of, of different uh, vipaka kama. <clears throat> and the conditioned realm is about uh, grief, lamentation, despair, anguish, affliction, 
all that is mine, beloved, and pleasing will become otherwise, will become separated from me. It's about losing, you know, what you, what you're attached to. And that applies, you know, both materially or mentally, emotionally, uh, with friends, parents, relatives. And so this, uh, this, this way of reflecting on the nature of conditioned phenomena as dukkha, uh, not, not as a kind of put down of conditioned phenomena, but to recognize that, that if that's all you ever, you know, that's, if you never see the nature of conditioned phenomena, then it, you're always going to be disappointed e even when you get what you want. So the, you know, the history of uh, human civilization is all about loss, isn't it? We have these romantic images uh, and the, the um, kind of fairy tales and, and uh, dramas. We have in our own experience of life, direct experience of life, you know, we have to, uh, you know, learn how to, how to deal with uh, physical disabilities, pain and sickness, loss of the love not getting what we want, having to be with what we don't like. This is, this is life on this planet, this is the way it is. When we get what we want, then of course that, we have the, the happiness that comes from, from getting what we want, but condition phenomena is changing and the conditions aren't sustaining uh, anything to, to where we can uh, maintain, sustain that happiness and getting what we want. And so this is like reflecting that this is the way it is. It's not a cynical um, statement. It's just pointing to the nature of conditioned phenomena is dukkha. So that means whether it's uh, physical, mental, emotional, whatever. All conditions are impermanent, all conditions are not self. So these three characteristics of conditioned phenomena, anicca, dukkha, anatta. Insight into that is, it's a way of uh, getting perspective on conditioned phenomena. It's not a, a doctrine a kind of telling you the nature of conditioned phenomena. It's a, it's, it's a, these characteristics, anicca, dukkha, or impermanent, unsatisfactoriness, and non-self, are not to be, you know, believed or projected onto conditioned phenomena, but their suggestions, a way of looking at conditioned phenomena, a skillful way of observing uh, your body or your emotional tendencies or thoughts and memories, sensory experience, what you see, hear, smell, taste, touch.
in that which is aware of conditioned phenomena is not conditioned phenomena. So what is it? Is it me, uh, Ajahn Sumedho, aware of conditioned phenomena? Because that very, that's a word, isn't it? And so that's just merely a convention. The, the, my name, Ajahn Sumedho, is a convention. That's not, you know, that's merely an expedient means. So it's not a person, it's not a, you know, it's not, not a thing or an object or condition that's aware of another condition. So this is why we can only talk, say it is the unconditioned, the anatta, non-self, that, is a, that allows us to have that perspective on the realities of conditioned phenomena as we're experiencing it here and now. Sitting here, breathing, feeling hot or cold, feeling uh, healthy or sickly, pleasure, pain, happy, unhappy, whatever. That's like the puto, the awareness, awakened consciousness, aware of the conditions that we're experiencing at this time that arise, that, we, that affect our consciousness as individual human entities at this very moment. And whatever those conditions are, no matter how personal or different, you know, from one person to another, the common factor, the f characteristics common to all that every single one of us at this, in this temple at this moment, the common factor is that whatever we're experiencing is, is nature is impermanent, is a nicha dukkanata. So it's, you know, a way of where my feelings and your feelings and on and all like this, it gets into, you know, proliferating about my life and my tendencies and me as opposed to you, different, how I feel, how men feel, how women feel, how, you know, how things are different. People that don't seem to feel very much, others that feel everything. The, the quantity, the quality. And what does that do? You know, that get, gets on into just endless proliferations and separations. There's no way we can resolve that. It's just like all of us trying to express how we feel at this moment would be anarchy. So, but the one, the, but the common characteristic to whatever, whether it's just indifference, uh, neutral feeling or extreme happiness or extreme depression, the common Characteristic is anicca dukkanata, whether it's coarse, refined, banal, vulgar, worldly, altruistic or refined, beautiful, 
And this, uh, and that which is aware of conditioned phenomena is not the condition. So we call that the unconditioned, unborn, uncreated. So then that that resolves into this sati sampachanya, sati panya, mindfulness, wisdom. Now, uh, when you grasp the terms unborn, uncreated, unformed, unconditioned, it, you know, intellectually, just on the intellectual level, it, it, it doesn't, it's like nothing. It's not like the, the highest happiness or the ecstatic bliss of oneness or the, the cosmic radiance of the universe where we're using terms that are, you know, tend to inspire the mind grand, majestic, poetic uh, terms of, you know, that, that give this a sense of inspiring, of uplifting the conditions of our mind, our feelings, our emotions. Well, this is, you know, to observe how words and concepts affect us on the conditioned realm, you know, we, when we, you know, we go into superlatives to inspire. And then uh, we can be just very cynical and kind of depressing cynics. Life is, we're all just selfish creatures and um, life has no meaning and it all ends in death anyway. And so this, uh, you know, this is grasping these terms you can see the result of grasping the negative cynicism. The result of that grasping that those particular uh, terms doesn't inspire the mind. Doesn't you don't feel uplifted or happy by thinking in negative ways, where you can be quite happy thinking in very positive ways. But that awareness. Is the uh, is where the samaditi, where we actually see the path, not through trying to to just block out the negative and grasp the positive, but to see in perspective. All conditions are impermanent. All conditions are dukkha. All conditions are anatta, not self. So even the conditions that that says you are a self is a condition, isn't it? So the very uh, cry from within saying me, me, me is non-self. The emotional world that, that we give great importance to, what I feel, my feelings. Very personal, sensitive feelings that I have are Anatta, they arise and cease. <coughs> so it's a way of, of putting into perspective our emotional life, because this is this tends to, we tend to believe it. We're either afraid of it, or we're com totally committed to our feelings. We resist it, or we believe it. We're confused by it. 
and the the way to not to suppress emotions or to grasp them. So those are the two extremes. Like suppressing emotion is still a form of grasping, you know, trying to get rid of anger or or grief or sorrow or trying to get rid of worry, get rid of fear and all these it's, you know, it's, the more we try to get rid of negative feelings, the more we become obsessed with them. So re- resistance, denial, vipavadanha, uh, the, the desire to get rid of something or reject or run away, destroy something you don't like, is still desire and the fact that it, it's attachment through resisting. Bhavadanha, the desire for attainment, you know, so wanting to become an enlightened person, wanting to get somewhere in your practice, to wanting to see the path, wanting to, uh, you know, become a sotapanna, an arahant. Now these are maybe noble uh, desires, but it's still a sakya ditti operating, um, you know, the desire and sakya ditti, they, they are together, they operate together. So dhanha, upadana, is a, a desire and grasping. Just notice this this relationship, grasping, you know, for sense pleasures, for desire for becoming, desire for getting rid of. That which is, then, then inquire into that which is aware of desire. I mean, this is like investigating Yoniso Manasikara. It's like you're going to that which is aware of desire. It's not a desire. So you can't, if you desire to become mindful, I want to become more mindful. Is, uh, you know, it's desire and it, we grasp that. It's, it's the self view, wanting to get something you don't have or. Uh, or cultivate something you don't think you're very good at, or be, you know, it's it's still sakya ditti. And so that's where this awareness, this in observing, this puto, the knowing of conditioned phenomena, desire and the grasping of desire, ubadana. And the becoming, you know, as soon as you grasp desire, you become that, that desire. Dhanha ubadana bhava. And then it goes into chati, rebirth, old age, sickness, death, grief, lamentation, and despair. So this, out of this 
avicca ignorance of the path, then then all our efforts to attain and achieve, to control, to get rid of, you know, if it's coming from avicca, the result's always going to be dukkha. So that which is aware of avicca is not avicca. Like Sakyaditi is avicca, the personality view. And grasping that, and then, then it will always result, the result will always be dukkha. Soka paritewa, grief, sorrow, lamentation, despair, old age, sickness, death. Grasping the body as yourself, where's, it, where's your body taking you? Old age, sickness, death. And you know, so this is a, a very important reflection. You know, if I'm this body, you know, it's uh, where is it? You know, if this is this is all this is truly what I am. Then where is it taking me? It's getting older, old age, sickness, death. When I grasp the my personal habits and the sense of myself as a person me and what I want, what I think, my views and my fears and my life. Where does that take me? It always takes me to some form of dukkha, of suffering. What's going to happen to me now that I'm an old man? How am I going to die? You know, these are the concerns of old people now. I'm beginning to, to, to uh, you know, recognize the the aging process and the and the 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 conditions that arise from grasping that. What happens when I die? When you know, where do you go when you die? Where will I go? Me, Ajahn Sameto, when I die. You know, on that level, where does it take me to if, if, if I didn't have any insight into the unborn, uncreated, then I'd be stuck with that one. And, uh, and a whole lifetime of habit tendencies. Memories and that from, from, and then maybe fear of death, resentment of old age, um, regrets about things I did or didn't do in my life, well, whatever. I mean, it, uh, whatever I grasp as uh, on the conditioned plane, whether it's the physical body or the emotions, memories, mental states, will always result in dukkha. So this is like the paticca samuppada, dependent origination. If ignorance or avicca is your is where you operate from, the result is dukkha, and so this is this is uh, to be you know this is a helpful way of reflecting. As long as I operate from sakyaditi, a me and my practice. then the result will always be some form of 
anxiety, worry, you know, it can be, uh, you know, it's, it's going to be the result of that grasping out of avicca will result in fear, anxiety, worry, guilt, remorse, fear of death, and fear of loss, of failure. So then the, the, there is the unborn, uncreated, unformed, unconditioned. Then the avicca is gone. If you, te- if you recognize this, this, uh, this is a shortcut actually. <laughs> you all want shortcuts to enlightenment, don't we? So I mean, it, uh, if, you, if you recognize this, then, the, then there's not a vicha in that. It's not like I am the unborn. It's not coming from from Sakyaditi, you know, grasping the words or, or you know, boasting the, in terms of I am the unborn, uncreated, unformed, unconditioned as a person. There, there is this unborn, ati bhikkhuwe ajatdang aputang akatang asankadang. There is the unborn, uncreated, unformed, unconditioned. So there is the escape from the born, the created, the form, the condition. That says everything you need to know. So the simplicity, it's like, like observing the body, that which is aware of the body, that awareness, it's consciousness, isn't it? You don't go unconscious when you're observing the body. The four postures, sitting, standing, walking, lying down, or the breath. You're not, you don't go into an unconscious state. You can go and you can concentrate on the body out of some opinion and view about you've got to concentrate on your body or your breath. So, I mean, you know, that's not mindfulness of the body, that's merely. Uh, concentrating on the body from the uh, sakyaditi. So maybe you're following the instructions in the Anapanasati manual or whatever, but it still can be coming from the sakyaditi. But in, uh, but in just bare attention, bodily awareness, sitting, so then this, this awareness of sitting. Is not, I'm no longer interested in, in the me and mine of my posture and sitting, but this is suddenly awakening to, the, to just this thing that's sitting right now, the, the feeling, the pressures, the heat or cold or whatever, that that arise in consciousness when you're aware of this body sitting, standing, walking, lying down, breathing, feeling, happiness or misery, indifference, boredom, confusion. Compulsiveness. Doubt and worry and so forth. That which is aware 
is that's awareness. It's not me being aware of worry. There's the awareness of worry. So, so here, you know, like consciousness is what we're experiencing. Every one of us is a conscious, experiencing consciousness through a form. The, the human body, the bodies that we have. And, and so this is, this is the, the, what we learn from, from the way it is not from what somebody else is, but from the way I am right now, this feeling, this body uh, that, that, I can, that I'm conscious of at this time. So then it's, it's uh, listening, listening to the self. You know, I feel confused, I don't know what I'm doing. Whatever, you know, however you're feeling, uh, change the, don't, you know, determine to just listen, not try to, to get rid of confusion or doubt or anything like this, but use it. If you're feeling confused, doubtful, uncertain, What is aware, you know, if, you, if you're feeling, people, we don't, none of us like to feel confused. You know, we like to have certitude, certainty, you know, and clarity. And uh, confusion is generally a state of mind none of us want. So maybe our whole lifetime we've, you know, when we get confused, we, we try to, we either run away from it or just, suffer from, I don't know who I am, I don't know where I'm at, I don't know what to do, kind of feeling. And just be caught in the confusion, struggling, resisting, and, and um, being trapped in that particular condition. Where mindfulness of confusion, the fact that you're actually aware that you're confused, or that confusion is present in your consciousness, What's that, anyway? You know, so people come to me and say, I'm very confused, Ajahn Sumedha. What, with that, they, ha they have to know there is that confusion in their mind. And then maybe they expect me to straighten everything out for them so that they're no longer confused. Uh, but that's because we, we don't like it. But learn from whatever is happening to you at the time, in the present moment. Confusion is not an obstruction. <clears throat> if, you, if you can recognize it is what it is, a condition, conditions for confusion have arisen. This is, con confusion is like this. Doubt, uncertainty is like this. So that that which is aware of doubt, of confusion, of these more amorphous things like anger and uh, that and greed are more sharp. You know, they're more easily seen. 
But then we get into those, those states of just uh, boredom, restlessness, confusion, doubt, and anxiety, just kind of general forms of anxiety and worry about the future. Maybe habitual worry. Worry is a, you know, is a common form of suffering in, in affluent countries, probably in every country, whether poor or affluent. But in, in affluent societies like this one, people worry about the future endlessly. And worry is a result of grasping, wanting certainty, wanting security, wanting to know the future, wanting the future to be a, a, a promise of happiness and fulfillment, of getting everything I want, of being a success. And then there's always a, the fear, the anxiety around not being, not getting what I want, being a failure, So, you know, we, whatever you're experiencing is, is the path. The path is, is this uh, recognizing the condition. It is what it is. That which is aware of the condition. This is, this is the unconditioned. Awareness itself. Then bhavana, developing or cultivating the Eightfold Path. That's, well then you, there's samaditi, samasangapo. That is the, you know, that intention then is, carries you, but it's not coming from sakyaditi anymore, it's from insight. <clears throat> and, and then of course it affects Sama Waja, Sama Kamanto, Sama Chivo, the, <clears throat> you know, the active verbal side of our life in the, in the society. Right speech, right action, right livelihood. And it, but it's coming out of Sama Ditti rather than Sama Sangapo, rather than out of moral ideas about what's right and what's wrong. It's no longer uh, Sama Waja, Samagamanto, Samachevo, that, that is dictated from a religious or moral point of view. It's spontaneity. It's, it's generating from wisdom, from the unconditioned, rather than from moral prescriptions by religious, religious teachers or <coughs> cultural values, ethics and so forth. It's, it's the real thing. It's spontaneous. It, it's, uh, it's not based on me as a person trying to live a moral life or speak in a proper way or have the right livelihood as a person. 
So you can see like the Eightfold Path is Samma Ditti, Samma Sangapo, Samma Vaja, Samma Achivo, Samma Gamanto, Samma Vayamo, Samma Sati, Samma Samadhi. There's a Samadhi, then right action, concentration, mindfulness, effort. Everything falls into place, in other words, from Samaditi. So the avicca is uh, has been extirpated. So don't think that it's that far away. You know, when you think about yourself as a person, you're going to get it all wrong. You know, when you, you know, when you see yourself always from these highly personal perceptions, and about your ability or inability or your goodness or lack of virtue or your faults and weaknesses, your sins and guilt and, and the way that we create ourselves with concepts and memories. And that's why uh, I keep saying, don't believe any of it. Whatever you think you are or believe you are, you're not that. That's for certain. So then this, there is the unborn, uncreated, unformed, unconditioned. This is it. This you can trust. There's a mindfulness, in other words. And then a listening attentiveness. Having this sense, recognizing this this broad spectrum, all-inclusive nature of awareness. It's not, a, it's not a controlling, picking, choosing. It's not critical or judgmental. So there is the unborn, uncreated, unformed, unconditioned. Therefore, there is the escape from the born, the created, the formed, the conditioned. But if there was no unborn, uncreated, unformed, unconditioned, there'd be no escape. We're just victims of karma. We're helpless in this conditioned realm. There's nothing much you can do about it. I'm a victim of fate. So the victim mentality arises. You know, it's, it's, it's logical. You know, I didn't get the best in life and I'm a victim of, you know, so many things, you know, bad government, uh, all kinds of unfairness and uh, all kinds of family problems, uh, genetic problems, inheritances, and karmic inheritances, and ancestry. And we can go on and on endlessly into the victim mentality. And, and that's, that is, uh, you know, that, that's the result of feeling there's no way out. There's no escape from this. 
You know, whatever we got in the beginning, we're stuck with that till we die. So that's why it is, people get depressed and, and uh, even in affluent societies, people, you know, get so depressed or suicidal or, you know, just forget about it, get drunk, take drugs, do anything to, to get out of this trap of the endless cycles of samsara, of the conditioned realm. Or when, if one has uh, good karma, then you can, you know, you can, as a, a good person, you can develop, um, you know, good qualities in the society. Sacrifice yourself for the welfare of the family, the society, be virtuous, be responsible for what you do, uh, don't be selfish. So these are, this is not to be despised either. If, for living a happy life as a human being is to be a good person. <clears throat> and then to live in a way that is not just thinking of obsessed with oneself, but you know, having the sense of helping others, of personal sacrifice for the welfare of others. But the monastic form, you know, as I try to emphasize that it is for, you know, its purpose is for liberation from samsara, from avijja, in both, you know, in, in, it's not a rejection or a denial of it, to let me out of here because I can't stand the conditioned realm. So, because that's sakya ditti, isn't it? I, I don't like the world I want to say goodbye, cruel world, and I don't ever want to see you again, is still Sakya Ditti. <clears throat> so it's a, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a quantum leap, you might say, from this personal sense of, of interpreting experience to there is the unborn, uncreated, unformed, unconditioned. So this uh, retreat, this emphasis on this particular teaching <laughs> is, uh, uh, you know, it's like sharing with you my own insights from reflecting on this. I don't, I don't hear any other teachers using this particular teaching. Uh, which I found, you know, very, uh, you know, a constant source of, uh, of uh, reminding myself. And there is the unborn, uncreated, unformed, unconditioned. Right now, this is it. And then the, the, the thinking mind, the emotional tendencies to react to that because you can't conceive it and you don't, and it just leaves you in a state of, of doubt, maybe, or you know, you you can't you can't figure it out, and that's the point. You can't figure it. It's not figuring it out. It's recognizing. And they say, awaken, and then say, how do I awake? 
you know, and they say, well, you, you know, open your eyes. <laughs> How do I open my eyes? <laughs> it goes on endlessly, you know, if you're trying to to get someone else to tell you how to awaken uh, and trying to figure it out how to do it it's something you do it's here and now it's attentive present sound of silence it's consciousness you're experiencing consciousness, awareness, and then then these teachings like unborn, uncreated, unborn, uncreated. This is the panya, discerning, developing panya. Not saying the unborn is better than the born, is it? It's not about you know. It's not it's not dualistic in that sense of, of you know saying the unborn is is better than the born. That's nonsense. You know, that's just playing around with terminologies, intellectual manipulation. But uh, recognizing the unborn is not about saying it's better. It is like this, this uh, attention, awareness, recognizable, it's real. And then the, the the born is seen in terms of, you know, what what you're feeling, body or whatever in the present is like this. So the escape from the born that created the form, the condition, is not a rejection of it, it's merely seeing it and no longer blindly attaching, trapped in the in the cycles of samsara. It's not you're getting rid or destroying samsara, getting rid of the conditions, but your relationship to it changes from this personal, habitual, ignorant way of of, uh, living life within these forms to learning from, developing panya, discernment, there is the unborn, this is the unborn. And then the born is seen no longer from, you know, through one condition, thinking about another condition. 